and what I'm saying is bothering you. Search the scriptures. Don't believe me if you don't want to. Search the scriptures. Does God's word say that we are to hate anybody ever, despise anybody ever? It doesn't. It doesn't. You can't find it. Whatever your political leanings, your education, nationality, income bracket, or any other part of your background, all of it is meaningless at the foot of the cross. Jesus calls everyone to himself. So creating divisions or despising others for their differences, none of that is scriptural. Today, Pastor Daniel will challenge you to embrace the Spirit of God to let Him change your prejudices, because we all have them. The words of Paul will exhort us to remember what we are here for, Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 16, with our continuing study entitled, Grace of the Mass. at that, except we all have that same thought in our hearts about all sorts of things, don't we? God, I'm grateful you didn't make me a Democrat, a Republican. Some 10, 15 years ago, I thank you didn't make me Russian when the Cold War was in full swing. And for those of you maybe from Russian-speaking backgrounds, I'm grateful you didn't make me one of those Americans. I'm grateful you didn't make me a Muslim. We scoff at that, but we all have that inclination in our hearts on some level. So for the Jewish people, they had a sense of superiority because of the law. For the Gentiles, they looked at the Jewish people and like, what is wrong with those people? What's the problem with worshiping Caesar? I mean, he's he's our leader. He's our ruler. So the division between the Gentiles and the Jews was very, very clear. But notice, it says that Jesus is our peace. He made the both one and he broke down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. See, and this is why I say that the cross levels the playing field. And this is why I believe that Jesus is the key to all sorts of reconciliation that's needed. Whether it's between Republicans and Democrats. And I don't know where you sit on the spectrum, But I'm here to tell you that what's going on in Washington right now, I mean, does anybody get paid to ruin the government? I mean, can you imagine if you got paid to shut your job down? You're like, I'd like that job. Yeah, we've elected those people. Does anybody think what's going on is good? Anybody? I hope not. So I don't care where you sit on the spectrum, but I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is the only way to bring Democrats and Republicans back together again. Because you know what? A Republican cares about the Republican caucus. The Democrats care about the Democratic caucus. And Jesus cares about God and people. And I'm not saying we need to make our government Christian either. I'm saying that if you care more about the next election than you do about the people in your constituency, then you are not worthy to be a leader in our country. And I don't care where you sit. I believe that's on both sides of the aisle. 
We are concerned with secondary issues. God is like, this is my world. I made it good. I created it good. We should be good to each other. How many of you guys have seen Kid President on YouTube? If you haven't, go, go to Google. Check out the kid. His whole thing is just be awesome. So this little dude, he's so cute. He's so funny. He's got it right on. We should be awesome to people. We should look out for people and be awesome by them. It's funny. People love it because it's so real. See, Jesus Christ levels the playing field. If you're here today and and you have racial issues, where you look at a group of people based on their race, or you have issues with people who are of other nationalities, or people who are either more educated or less educated, or people who are fans of a specific sports team, or, 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 or. You may not like their team, but you should love them as a human being. I mean, how we live in a day and age where people kill each other at sporting events. It's a sporting event. Now, those are extreme cases, but it's the fruit of allowing hatred to fester. Now, listen, my father grew up around the corner from Ebbets Field, and I always joke that you can never root for that Los Angeles Dodgers when you're an Italian from New York because nobody leaves Brooklyn, right? So forget about it. Right? But it's like, and and I, I like to enjoy that little rivalry thing, but it's like, it's just baseball. It's, it's just baseball. It's really not anything other than just baseball. See, Jesus Christ, the cross levels the playing field because no matter what your political persuasion is, no matter what your nationality is, no matter what your education is or isn't, no matter how much money you do or don't make or whatever other division we can come up with, Jesus Christ died to save anybody who would believe of whatever persuasion. And you know what's amazing? No matter what your background or your biases are, when you get saved, God goes to work on you just like he goes on work on everybody else. We've all realized in Christ that we're messed up. Doesn't matter how you were raised. Everybody's got areas of growth, growth edges that need to be addressed because of the finished work of Jesus. And if you're here today and be like, look, I got saved and nothing has changed, I'm going to tell you, maybe you're really not saved. If you're like, I get saved, I'm just the way that I've always been, then I'm like, is this, was the Spirit of God always in you, or is the Spirit of God not even in you? Because God changes everybody because we're all messy. So I don't know what your prejudices are. I don't know where your struggles lie with this. I just know that we all have them, me included. But the cross levels the playing field. Listen, I hold political views as passionately as anybody in here. But if I don't subordinate my political views to the love of God, then I am in rebellion against God. I love the fact that I'm an American. I was born and raised here. But if I do not subordinate my nationalistic views to the love of God, then I am in rebellion against that God. Isn't that why Jesus said you can't be my disciple unless you hate your father, mother, sister? It's a crazy statement when Jesus said that, isn't it? He's saying, look, if your allegiance to me does not run roughshod over every other allegiance, then you're really not following me. If I offended everybody yet, I believe God's God's word is offensive that way. It just comes and just takes a stranglehold on my prejudices and my biases, and he gets me in in a sleeper hold. And he doesn't let me go until I tap out. Okay, okay, Lord. 
And if you're here today and what I'm saying is bothering you, search the scriptures. Don't believe me if you don't want to. Search the scriptures. Does God's word say that we are to hate anybody ever, despise anybody ever? It doesn't. It doesn't. You can't find it. From Genesis, you can't find it. So God takes us in our fallenness and puts a sleeper hold on it. And I'm praying that today all of us tap out. We say, okay, Lord, not my way, but your way. Not my biases, but your love. Not my issues, but your freedom in Christ. Now, notice what he does. It says here quite beautifully in verse 16 that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. He's saying, look, at the cross, God brings them all together, reconciles them all together in the body of Jesus on the cross. That's why the cross levels the playing field. That's what it does. It levels things right out. Now, look at what happens next in verse 17. It says, he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who are near, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. This teaches us that Jesus gives peace and access. Jesus gives peace. Peace and access. This whole section that we've been looking at, it keeps coming back to the fact of Jesus and peace. Notice in verse 14, he himself is our peace. Verse 17, Jesus makes, or verse 15, Jesus makes peace. And now verse 17, he came and preached peace. So he is our peace he makes peace, and Jesus proclaims peace. And remember, we talked about this here. We've done it a lot. That when we think of peace, we think of the cessation of hostilities, right? These two people were fighting, and now they're at peace. But remember the biblical concept of peace, Hebrew shalom. It's much deeper than just bringing two warring factions back together. Shalom speaks of Total universal flourishing. Everything being as it ought to be. That's what peace means. It's not just we're all fighting and now we're not. It's the way God intended things to be. The way things ought to be. The highest of human flourishing and harmony and wholeness. Jesus is that. He makes that. And Jesus proclaims that. That's why I say Jesus gives peace. Notice there's a quote here. Because it says... And he came and preached peace to those who are afar off and to those who are there, to the Gentiles and the Jews. That's a quotation from Isaiah chapter 57, verse 19. I create the fruit of the lips, it says. Peace, peace to him who is far off and those who are near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. That's why I say Jesus gives us peace. I believe that in Christ... God wants to move us from a messy experience to the way things ought to be because he is the peace. He makes peace through the cross and he proclaims peace. He shouts it out to people who are far from Jesus and to people who are right next to him. That's why we say here that our 
vision and mission is to simply respond to Jesus. Because if you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, Jesus is calling you, let me give you peace. I am your peace. I've made peace for you through my death and resurrection. And I want to proclaim peace to you every single day. So if you're, what would be the Bible, you're far from Jesus because you don't really dig Jesus. You're not down with Jesus. Jesus is not your guy who you're following. He's saying, just come to me. And for those of us who have already do it, he's saying, look, just come to me. Let me proclaim peace to you. You're close, but let me give you more peace. Let me change you and adjust you. Let me tweak who you are to make you more like me and less like the way you were raised or the way you decided to be along life's way. So Jesus gives peace, but he also gives access. Because look at what it says, verse 18. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now, that word access, it literally means to make an introduction. The idea is that if you went to the White House and they actually let you in, I joke about that because people are like, I bet they never would never let you in the White House looking the way you look, especially when my beard's long, you know? It's like they're like, nah, not you, buddy. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> Speaking of which, Pastor Ralph and I are going to Guatemala and El Salvador, and when my beard was getting really long, Pastor Ralph's like, you know, Pastor Gene, I got a problem. I'm like, what's up? He's like, I don't want to travel with you. He's like, I don't want to get detained in every airport. I'm like, well, don't worry. You don't have to sit by me. I'll just text you from across the airport. He's like, okay, oh, good, good, great. He's like, I just want to make it there all right, you know? I'm like, wait till you see my passport photo. Oh, man. <laughs> I got off the rail, sorry. The rail's over here. I'm over here. Okay, so imagine you want to go to the White House. Do you think that the president is going to answer the door when you get there? No way, right? There's somebody else who receives you, right? And that person might hand you off to a couple of them, but at some point, someone's going to make the introduction. That's what that word, we have access. What it means is that through Jesus, we've been, the introduction has been made. We have access to the Father by one spirit. Don't miss the work of the the three persons of the Trinity there. Through the finished work of Jesus Christ, by the one Holy Spirit, we have access to God. Wow. Brother, sister, if you have faith in God and the finished work of Jesus Christ, he gives you peace and access. And there is no better audience to have than with the true and living God. And guess what? You don't have to pay for it. You don't don't need to buy a plane ticket. You don't need to make an appointment 9,000 years in advance. You simply say, Father, I want to talk. I hope you realize how powerful that is because it is powerful. Jesus gives us peace and access. Now, look at verse 19. Now, therefore... You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, you see, now therefore, now that, and you guys know, what's it there for? Because of what we just saw, because of the fact that Jesus, the cross levels the playing field. Because Jesus, in leveling the playing field, gives all of us peace and access. Now he's telling 
Paul's telling the church in Ephesus, he's saying, look, you're no longer strangers. You're no longer outsiders, but now you're fellow citizens and members of the household of God. You see that? You're not outsiders. You're not far away. Now you're inside. Now you're part of the family. You're not foreigners needing to get citizenship. You're fellow citizens in the family of God. Notice what it says. And this is beautiful. I think this is so powerful for you and I. It says, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Brothers and sisters, build on a strong foundation. Build your life on a strong foundation. We are part of the household of God, the family of God. We're built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. That foundation, that speaks to us of God's word. Back in that day, it wasn't, a lot of it hadn't even been written yet. The apostles were going around and sharing the Jesus story. Saying, oh, Jesus did this, Jesus did that. And then the apostle Paul and other people are missionaries all over the region. And they're coming saying, man, God did this, God did this. Build your life on a strong foundation. And that foundation is the apostles and prophets. That's the perfect picture of this book right here. Are you building your life on God's revelation to humanity through his apostles and prophets? The people of God. People always say to me, oh, I, I can't understand how you can believe that ancient book. I'm like, have you ever read it? How can you not believe it? Listen, some of you say, well, oh, it's not historically valid. Go for it. Bring, bring me your historical inaccuracies. Bring it. I've been studying this for a long time. I didn't grow up with it. I didn't want to be a Christian. I remember when I got saved, I'm like, really, Lord? I'm going to be one of those born again folks, reborns, that's what I call them. I didn't know what else, like those reborn people. I'm going to be one of those. And I was like, yeah, you are. I didn't want to be a Christian. And I spent 12 years of my life being like, Lord, if this isn't true, I want to know because I do not want to follow it if it's wrong. And I've had all sorts of questions. I'm not saying I'd have every answer on everything, but every time I think I got it, oh, yeah, I got the, I got the out clause. It's wrong. Every single time. I say, Lord, what does this all mean? So bring it. Put your money where your mouth is, as we like to say. If you have, I don't believe it, it's historically inaccurate, prove it. Prove it. Show me. For those of you who are Jerry Maguire fans, show me the money. Prove it. Because I'll be honest, I've tried. Lots of people are trying. A lot of things that pass for biblical scholarship aren't scholarship at all. I don't want to get too far off on a tangent. But listen, if you build your life on that, on God's word, not only will you live a life that is different from everyone around you, you will have experiences unlike anything you've ever dreamed of. When you take a step in the direction of God and God does something extraordinary, when you start to live generously and you realize that I have more joy watching someone else in need be provided for than I had having excess. When you give away something only to find that you actually need it and you watch someone else provide it, you're like, I'm happy that I gave it away because now I see that God is faithful. When you say, Lord, I'm going to give up my self-styled life, which made so much sense, and then all of a sudden God gives you a life unlike anything you ever dreamed, and you're like, I am so happy that I did not go my own way. 
That's been my experience. Man, I was pursuing a career in music. It was all taking off, man. I was going to be on the cover of Bass Player magazine, just like, what's up? You know, I had all these ideas in my picture, like me holding my bass out, like, you know. And it was, it was taking off, man. It was like I was on the road, put out albums. It was like, yeah, dude, I'm doing it. It's going on. The Lord said, Daniel, I know that you love that, and I've given you a gift there, but I've created you for something else. And I'll be honest with you, I had never enjoyed music more in my life than I have when it wasn't my identity, when it was just something I got to enjoy in Jesus' name. I would not trade a stadium tour with the greatest jazz musicians in the world than what I get to experience with you all week in, week out, day in, day out, as we simply respond to Jesus together. God took my self-styled life. He gave me his life. And I get to enjoy everything now. Because I, I can play the bass. I'm like, yeah, woo I play the wrong note. Jason Ritchie gives me the stink eye and a smile. And I'm, yeah. <laughs> I hit that note. Mm-mm. Because it doesn't matter if I hit the wrong note because Jesus died and rose again because he knows I'm full of wrong notes. I'm full of wrong notes. And every time I do it and Jason looks at me, I'm like, that's because I believe the gospel. Ding, ding. I'll play it again. Here it is. You got to pray for Pastor Jason. He's got perfect pitch. So all those notes, they're wrong for us. They're really wrong for him. It's like, you know, the hair that isn't there anymore stands up, you know. <laughs> And moving on, <laughs> build your foundation on a strong foundation. Listen to 1 Corinthians 3, 10 and 11. It says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building according to the grace which was given to me, the apostle Paul says, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which was laid, which is Jesus Christ. So we have the word of God, and we have Jesus as the chief cornerstone. That cornerstone in old school building tactics, that was the most important piece. When that was set, the whole structure was built around it. That's how they built back in Jesus' day. So when they say Jesus is the chief cornerstone, he is the reason and, and the pace setter for everything. So build your lives on a strong foundation. Not only should we build our lives on a strong foundation, but look what it says in verse 21 and 22. It says, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole family being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, not only should we build our lives on a strong foundation, but we should be part of something greater. Be part of something greater. Jesus is When you let the Spirit go to work in your life, you change. We all have areas that need growth. Through Jesus, we have access to the Father. And as we heard today, we also have peace. Holding on to prejudices works against that peace. 
Following Jesus means that we subordinate all of our other passionate ideologies, whether it be about politics or other issues, to love God. God is doing some amazing things here at Crossroads Community Church, and I'm so thankful for what God is doing right here on Jesus' Real Radio. It's my prayer that each day when you join us, that Jesus truly is becoming more real in your life. I want to invite you to join us at Crossroads Community Church this Sunday live. We stream all of our services live on the internet. Sundays 9 and 11.15 Pacific Standard Time or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. as well as Encore services. All of our services are there for people who can't make it to be with us live at church. So please join us at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, we'll hear what the Apostle Paul thought about the Jews and the Gentiles being brought together as one through Jesus. Pastor Daniel will take Paul's experience and use it to measure against how we see the body of Christ today. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series entitled Life's Messy Next Time. Until then, may God bless.